0: Tampa takes a demanding lead in the Battle of Florida, but it comes with its own repercussions. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Bolts Broadcast. It's playoff time, and that means big stakes and even bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, draft games will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which teams will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings,
1: this is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey
0: everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase
1: Crawshaw with me today. Chase, how you feeling? Yeah, feeling pretty good overall, uh, coming off of a, uh, a good win yesterday. So, you know, we're, we're chilling, we're happy. I know we're, we're both in good spots here and just, you know, just a, a nice Sunday, decent weather outside, not too sunny, but you know, kind of warm, kind of hot. So all in all, everything's kind of going well. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get some burrito bowls after this, so
0: that'll be fun. Uh, Chase, what are you in your burrito bowl? Are you a chicken steak? Um, what else do they have? Um, uh, pork barbacoa carne
1: asada do they have all that i don't know but what are you I, I don't know i all i know is they have chicken or steak and i i usually alternate between the two i i'm i'm more likely than not get chicken it's, that's what i'm gonna do this time around as well get a cauliflower bed instead of rice uh just a little a little bit better for you and really the taste isn't like any different and then load that bitch up with some salsa and some spicy queso and we're good to go
0: Hell yeah! I've, I'm usually a steak guy, but I've been going more chicken recently as well. Uh, not going to join you on the on the cauliflower rice, that's for sure. Uh, I'll go brown rice. Um, a lot of fiber makes me poop, so you know that's always good. <laughs> um, but today we are going to be talking about some of the Tampa games. Going to continue our coverage when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, as you heard in the beginning of the show before we came on, um, there was a little introduction there and it basically talked about how we take a demanding lead chase. We get a three, one lead as the Tampa Bay lightning. However, uh, it came with some, some bad news as Nikita Kucherov and Mikhail Sergachev, two big pieces to this score, Both are injured.
1: Yeah. And you know, as of right now, uh, neither are officially added to the injury report. And when the question was, was asked yesterday, John Cooper just kind of moved right on from it. Didn't really answer any questions. So, Who knows what's going on? Um, Obviously, we're going to have a better idea when this episode comes out because it'll it'll be the day of game five. I got to imagine both guys play unless it's something significant. Um, If if I remember right, Sergeyev, he went to the room, but Kudrov was still on the bench. Um, So, you know, it it, it could it could mean anything. I I'm not personally too worried. I I think they're both going to going to be giving it a go. I I don't think they're going to miss any time in playoffs. They really don't have to.
0: Yeah, and hopefully not, because that would be a huge impact to our team. Obviously, we were without Kucherov during the whole regular season, without Stamkos towards the back end of the season, and that pushed us into the number three seed in our division. So, if we were to lose Kucherov and Sergachev yet again, I think every team would still be nervous about playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I don't think they'd be scared. And I think right now any team that is looking at this Tampa roster, seeing that deadly power play, is looking at the team and they're scared.
1: Yeah, I mean, they really are. Cause even at the times when Florida is playing really well in the series and they're playing better than Tampa, it's still pretty hard for them to kind of do anything. You know, they they took game three, we'll talk about that, uh, in, in a jiffy. Uh so they took that six of five. So that, that was a close game. Um so every time Florida thought that they kind of, you know, had the grip. All series long, Tampa just been right back in it, and it just, it's just—it's not a team that is very easy to beat. And Florida's really feeling it, and Florida's a team that really beefed up at the playoff or at the deadline, excuse me, too. So teams are looking at that, and you know, for for these Eastern Conference teams or whatever the hell you want to call it, I guess so this this left side, right side, whatever, whatever it is, you know what I mean, the side of the bracket. Um, you know, they're 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 really taking note of that, and you know, they're they're gonna. I was going to want to look too far ahead, but at the same time, you got to figure out a way to game plan against this team just in case they move on. Absolutely. So hopefully we get an update within the time frame of us doing the show.
0: However, if we don't, then uh, it's it's your job. Or I guess we can put it out there on Twitter and make sure that all of you guys know um, what the updates are looking like for Sergachev and Kucherov. But, yeah, right now we are a little bit uncertain, but as Chase said, he thinks that they are going to be playing. So we'll just have to wait and see for the official update. But Chase, you mentioned game three. Let's go ahead and take a look at that now. Um, It was a close game, even ended up going into overtime, yet another overtime in this crazy playoffs that just continue to give us overtimes. Unfortunately, this is the game that we dropped to Florida. However, we would rebound quickly in
1: game four. But first, let's talk about game three. Yeah, so I mean, it was kind of a similar story to Game One. You know, Florida gets that two goal lead. Tampa takes lead. Kind of keeps going back and forth that way. Uh, but ultimately, this time Florida got the final goal of the game. Um, it, it it was pretty action packed. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, a, a lot of they like got obviously that you know like they're still star players scoring, especially for Tampa. You know, like Brain Point and Steven Samkos getting on the action. But when you look at Florida, you know Sam Bennett, who's come over, just came off suspension. Um, and he's played well for them. He got a goal. Radko Gouda scored. Uh, you, you got Ryan Lomberg got the game winner in overtime, you know, Florida, their kind of depth guys almost really helped kind of step up for them. You know, something that we always say with Tampa is that their depth is something that really needs to be going for them to go on a deep run. And Florida just, you know, they kind of did exactly what we always hoped Tampa would do. And not that Tampa played bad or anything, you know, their depth still played well. They obviously do what they do. They capitalize on all their chances, you know, shots were 47 to 31 in favor of Florida. But it's just a game where really Florida just kind of got the last laugh. It wasn't really anything where one team dominated more than the other. Uh, It's just Florida ended up coming out on top. I think it's worth noting.
0: We talked about Sam Bennett and how he was going to have the one game suspension going to be out for game two. And we kind of joked about it. We said, oh, no, their leading goal scorer was gone. That's why they couldn't, uh, you know, get on the board when it came to game two. They couldn't take the victory. Well, Sam Bennett comes back for game three and he opens up the scoring with a goal of his own. So uh, a little bit of a joke, but he jabs back by getting the first goal in game three. Uh, I think it's also good to mention the goaltending situation with Florida Uh, I came out and I said that I don't think it's going to be the make or break for Florida I don't think there's going to be a ton of five six goal games that Tampa wins Um, however it seems like almost all of the games have been Tampa scoring five to six goals however I'd say most of the time the goaltending has been decent it hasn't been make or break but in game three we saw both goalies out of Florida
1: yeah and I mean like you're it's fair because it's really not been just these goalies playing horrible. It's really what it comes down to is Tampa's offense is just e- elite. Really? I mean, it's hard to suppress, uh, you know, you know, Dreeder, I still pronounce both ways, whatever he started in uh, North Florida, then got pulled, Bob went in, made every save for them. Um, But they they just kind of, you know, flip flop back and forth. And they both played well, but just haven't been enough for them to win just because the firepower in the Tampa team is just too lethal.
0: Yeah, and we talk about how they haven't been good enough. Well, there will be a new name in that. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, Chase, we need to look at Game 4. This was a pretty dominant victory for our Tampa Bay Lightning, at least on the score sheet. However... The little bits that I was watching, Florida had some dominant periods in the in the back end of the second court or second period. Florida was absolutely dominant. They did have a couple of power plays, which definitely helped their their time of possession and everything. But um, Florida, they played well. However, the goaltending was there for Tampa. It wasn't necessarily there for the Florida Panthers.
1: Yeah, this is a game where Florida, they, they got a lot of shots, not necessarily a ton of these, you know, grade A opportunities that I love to talk about, but they did get a lot of shots. And, you know, even if you're not getting, you know, these unreal opportunities on every chance, it's still good to get the goalie working because uh, one, you know, you're going to hope one or two can slip through and then you can go get a grade A chance and score on that. Um, but they like Tampa did really a good job of kind of keeping away too many grade A chances. It was just a lot of shots. I'm trying to get the goalie moving and maybe trying to get rebounds, but they couldn't really get too many in. You know, six to two was the final, and Tampa kind of played their classic game: don't shoot a lot and just capitalize every opportunity. I mean, six goals and twenty six shots—it's that's what Tampa does.
0: Absolutely. And it was a much grittier game too. the penalty minutes were way up from the prior games. Power plays way up as well. Um, There was a couple fluke plays with Nikita Kucherov. So one at the end of the second period, he was rushing in, had the puck on his stick. Mackenzie Wieger hits him from behind. He can't avoid Drieger and both go down. Kucherov got up uh, pretty quickly, but Drieger was down on the ice for quite a bit. It was called a penalty. I thought it was a bad call. I know a lot of people thought it was a bad call. Even, um, I don't remember who was on the intermission report, but a couple of them were saying, I don't know if I agree with the call. Um, so that happened. And then where Kucherov got injured, it just seemed like a routine kind of slap, like stick slap to the knee. Like, it. it I mean, I wouldn't penalize it, because if we start penalizing little stuff like that we're going to turn into the NBA where literally you can't do anything without getting penalized but it just looked like a routine little thing and he went down
1: it hit him in the wrong spot yeah there's things you gotta let go in playoff hockey and I'm kind of in the same boat as you here obviously we don't want our star players getting hurt we want them being protected but at the same time can't offer them more protection than anybody else everybody's the same player at the end of the day so just, just let stuff fly Um, if it's if it's just kind of like small stuff like that, I mean, it's going to happen. It's playoff hockey. There's more intensity. Uh, just let the players play. I hate high penalty minute like playoff games. Obviously, if there's fights or, or stuff that's just unavoidable, you know, it is what it is. But if you're calling tiki tacky shit, I, got, I, I always hate that in the playoffs. So just just let, let it roll, let it fly. You know, it, it, it just sucks. But game five, I mean, just Tampa is going to be going to be using all those types of things to their advantage, too. So just you don't need to worry about it too hard. 100% agree,
0: Chase. You mentioned Game 5. Let's move into that right now. Uh, I mentioned just a little bit ago that there's going to be a new name in net, at least we think, for, for the Florida Panthers, because there was a new lead goalie when it came to practice today.
1: Yeah, Spencer Knight, he was in the starters net for practice. Um, this doesn't guarantee that he's a starter because Quenville hasn't come out and announced it yet, and Quenville said he's not going to announce the starter until uh, game day. But it's... Very, 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 very unlikely that Spencer Knight's not the starter after being in the starters not in practice and the way the series has gone. I mean, why not? Right? Even though your goalies are playing well, or at least playing semi well, they're still having you know having a lot of sh- shots going behind, a lot of pucks go in. Maybe Spencer Knight can come in and provide that elite level production that you you know kind of drafted him to do for a lot of years. He's still young, so you know he, he's still trying to get adjusted to the NHL and it's going to be his first playoff action after only a few regular season games. So who, who knows how he handles it. Uh, he seems like a kid who's pretty poised, pretty confident, so I don't think there's going to be too much worry for Florida fans. But at the end of the day, it still is the Tampa Bay Lightning going against a rookie goaltender. My question, Chase,
0: is... What does Tampa do to prepare for Spencer Knight? Uh, Do they prepare for him at all without being known if he is the true starter? Or because they see him in the starters net in practice, they think, okay, this is a good indication that this dude is going to be starting. We need to prepare for him somehow. Do we watch tape? Do we not do anything at all? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, especially with a team like Tampa, you don't really have to prepare too differently for goalies um you have the best goal in the league on your team as well as having probably the best offense and one of the better defensive groups in the league too so you really don't have to prepare that differently when you're going into games against different goalies you gotta you gotta prepare differently when you're going against different playing styles for you know like the uh, like the offensive zone pressures or the defensive zone structure you know whatever's going on there but in terms of the goalies itself it's really not too much of a worry um you know maybe like if, if there's something that's known goalie like if if they know the goalie has a weak glove or um you know like stick side like low stick side he, he's kind of suspect then you you just kind of harp on that and practice and tell me you know just just fire here a couple more times just just kind of get used to that shot but for the most part it's not too much of a change it's just kind of maybe making a couple of mental notes got it well that should be a fun
0: game hopefully we do get to see Spencer Knight uh, I know that a lot of US fans love to see the kid play would love to see the kid play in playoff action uh, as Tampa Bay Lightning podcasters you know we hope that we get to see him play because he is a good young prospect but at the same time we hope he doesn't have a good game so either way it's gonna be a fun one to watch we're gonna go to a quick commercial break after this gonna be looking at the playoff landscape some more Hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. And we are back. Chase, we got to talk about some playoff stuff. But first, there are a couple of things we got to mention before. I think the first one we need to look at is there was an eight game suspension in playoffs. An eight game suspension in playoffs is no joke, that's something serious.
1: Yeah, the NHL, they they talk about uh, playoff suspensions are really like two regular season suspensions. So whatever you get in the playoffs, you would get double in the regular season. So Nazim Kadri, he gets uh, an eight game playoff suspension, which ends up being 16 in the regular season. So, you know, it's a pretty hefty suspension there. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty dirty hit. It was very deserved. Uh, He just literally killed Falk on the ice. Justin Falk just straight to the head. Kadri has a history of doing this shit in the playoffs specifically for whatever reason. I don't know why uh but you know it, it, it sucks it sucks for Falky he looked you know pr- pretty beat up on the play and this was 100% deserved and i've seen people online um you know crying that oh this is too much and people also saying that why why doesn't wilson get this kind of suspension and you know that's fair but you don't want to just compare one guy to another i mean it, the wilson thing happened and we we've talked about it before and you know it's bush league that i think he got off so easy but at the end of the day, you can't just start letting off other players get easy too. You know, you gotta just be better. Next time Wilson does some shit, you gotta properly suspend them. And you can't just let Nazim Kadri keep doing these things.
0: Absolutely. Every situation is different. And I mentioned to Chase a couple of days ago that Nazim Kadri, he's not a guy that at least when I look at Twitter and look at the national media when it comes to hockey fans, I don't see Nazim Kadri as being seen in the same light as Tom Wilson isn't seen as a villain but it seems like every time playoffs comes around he's doing something stupid he's doing something dumb and Chase you mentioned that you think that's changing a little bit you think that Nazim Kadri is starting to be seen as a villain and I think that's a good thing because this guy has done too many dumb things to keep getting away with you know whatever it is that he's getting away with.
1: Yeah, it, it it's really changing. You know, him being in Toronto, he always got the the backing up of the Toronto media and Toronto fans. Now in Colorado, it, it's completely different. You don't have that incredible bias like there is in the Toronto media. And if you are a Toronto fan listening to us for some reason and you think there's no bias, just shut the hell up because there is a ton of bias. It just is what it is. And you know, at, at the end of the day, there's bias in every city for sure. But Toronto, it's incredible. Um that you know, they they defend their defend their guys no matter what and God, I mean, really, he just kind of benefited off of that because he was doing stupid shit always. You know, he's running at players who are down on their knees. He's just hunting for heads. It just he always does this in the playoffs for whatever reason. Now that he's in Colorado, uh, you know, they're a very good team. So they get a spotlight and he does some shit. And people are just like, finally, you know, I they really think from what I see on Twitter and stuff, people are agreeing, realizing, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a scumbag when it comes to playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, Chase. I would,
0: I 100% agree with you. Um, let's take a quick look at the playoff bracket and just update a little bit on who's where, what are we looking at. So when we look at the top right of the bracket, we see the Penguins and the Islanders 2-2. Boston is leading the Capitals 3-1. Carolina leads 2-1. Tampa, as we said, 3-1 for them. Uh, Colorado's up 3-0. Vegas is up 3-1. Toronto and Montreal tied 1-1. And Winnipeg up 2-0. I think that's something that a lot of people are surprised about. I put put out there on Twitter the other day that are people really shocked that this is close? Because it seems like they are. I, I don't know if people are just looking at Winnipeg's record during the regular season and kind of their struggles over the past two seasons, but Winnipeg's a good team. They have a top three goalie.
1: I don't know I, I don't really see this as being that surprising. What say you? They have a top two goalie because he's second in the league behind only Vaslovski, I will firmly say that. And you can try to argue anybody else, and I will just say nope, you're wrong. It's Connor Hellbuck. And in front of him, they have a good forward group, not necessarily uh great. You know, they, they have some elite players, but they also had some guys out for injury. And then, you know, like like Dubois, for example, has been pretty underwhelming in Winnipeg. And then their defensive group is pretty weak. So I understand why people think that Edmonton should have been able to come away with this one with Mike Smith playing really well and then having Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. But Winnipeg's team, they're not going to go down easy. Hellbuck, he plays his ass off in, in these important moments. He always has. And it's the same kind of thing. You know, he's going to work. He's going to do everything he can to stop every single puck. And really, Winnipeg as a whole has done a good job keeping McDavid and uh, Draisaitl in check so far. I don't think it's going to be able to last forever. There's going to be a game or two in here where they're at, like at least a game or two where they're going to be able to slip away and kind of dominate. But if, they, if they're if they able to reel them in for three or four games total, I mean, they, they can easily come away with the series. They're already up to nothing.
0: Absolutely. And I think outside of that series, everything's going... Uh, as predicted, kind of, I mean, you look at Toronto, Montreal, Montreal had that game one, but then Toronto came out hot and got a, I think it was a five to two victory in their game two. And that's something we talked about, Chase. That's something that you predicted. And I jumped on the bandwagon was Montreal going to come out, get that game one. However, it, it's going to just be a downfall for Montreal from that point on. Um, That game two didn't look too great for them. We'll see if the game three and the games that follow that are as nice to Toronto or not. But Chase, I think we need to look at Vegas and Minnesota. This is a series that started with Minnesota on top. And now that Vegas is up three to one, there's some Minnesota fans out there coming out with a, uh, an interesting conspiracy. So I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Our buddy Isha Jerome and our boss, who is on the Soda Pod, our Minnesota podcast, he was debating with some Minnesota fans saying, yeah, come on, don't be stupid, there's no conspiracy, there's, there's nothing like this. But basically what it is, Minnesota fans are saying that The Wild were absolutely dominant. Vegas had no answer for them whatsoever in Game 1. It was an easy win for Minnesota. But since then, the NHL has come up with this this plan to have all of the refs go with Vegas, give all the calls to Vegas, don't give any to Minnesota. Um, Some big conspiracy because Vegas has a better national market than Minnesota does. What are your thoughts on this, Chase?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not buying it. You were telling me a little bit about this yesterday. I hadn't seen it anywhere, but I'm I'm just flat out not buying it. I mean, teams like aren't like the NHLs aren't rigging the playoffs for teams. It just it just really does not work that way. Um, and to say that, I don't know if that's just your wording or if it was actual like fan wording, whatever. But to say that like Minnesota was just absolutely dominant in that like first game, it's just not true. It was a zero to zero to game that went to overtime and they got the one goal of the game. So you know like that part isn't true. Um, you know. Fleury's played really well too. I mean, like when it comes on to it, Fleury has he's always been a pretty good uh playoff goalie and he he's playing pretty dominant. So it's just Minnesota can't score on him. They're not a team that like is ex- necessarily built for a run yet. They're still kind of young, they're still piecing together. You know, Capersovs come coming and played well, but they you know they've still got a year or two really to are that kind of dominant team. So this it doesn't surprise me that Vegas is up here three to one. So trying to say that it's a conspiracy that the refs are calling anything, you know, I haven't really watched more than like half of a game in the series. Um, so I, I guess I can't really say for sure. I'm going to be for sure paying attention to the next game. But just to, you know, come out and say, yeah, no, th- this is horse garbage. The refs are rigging this. I just don't buy it.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. I'm going through Isha's tweets real quick to see if I can find the specific tweet. Um, He did put out a tweet that said, uh, that this is basically garbage. People are saying this and there was some reply saying, well, the whole league's talking about it. So it's not garbage. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's how that works. Uh, I can't find the specific tweet right now. I'll find it and we can retweet it on the bullets broadcast page, but it's, it is an interesting thing. Um, I really don't think that Minnesota has the roster to go up against Vegas. Vegas has a terrific roster, and they're backed up by Mark Andre Fleury, who has had a huge resurgence this year and has been phenomenal. So to say that it's a conspiracy, I agree. It that's that's kind of dumb. I why why would why would the NHL want Vegas over Minnesota specifically?
1: Yeah, I I I don't like I I just don't get it. I mean. The, the NHL, they're not rigging it for these markets. I'm going to be honest. If they're going to rig it, they're going to rig it for an even smaller market than either these two teams or for a large market like Toronto or Montreal, but they're not going to rig it either way. It, it, we're in 2021. It doesn't really work that way anymore.
0: And I feel like if they were going to rig this specific playoffs, it would be like, Edmonton over Winnipeg because you have stars that you can sell there it'd be Pittsburgh over the Islanders because you have stars you can sell there I I don't think Vegas Minnesota would be the first series like oh we need to bring this series specifically like it just doesn't make sense to me I'm not buying it but um, that is the playoff update as of right now Chase for our final little piece before we move into hockey name of the day the NHL draft lottery odds are out and we are big in the playoffs right now. We love it. However, we are big draft guys. We love the prospects. We love the draft and we have our lottery odds.
1: So let's go over them. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go over them here real quick. Um, you know, for anyone that doesn't know there, there's new changes to the lottery this year, uh, top two teams only are like or only two teams, I should say, have a chance to move some of those top two picks. Um We got Seattle in in, in the fold as well. So percentages have kind of changed. There's an extra team in here as well. So I'm going to run down from highest percentage to lowest percentage and got to make a note on one of these two. And we'll kind of talk about it afterwards. So Buffalo is first at 16.6%. Anaheim is second at 12.1%. Seattle is third at 10.3%. Tied with New Jersey at 10.3% too. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are at fifth at 8.5%. Detroit is at six to 7.6%. San Jose seventh, 6.7 percent, and then uh, LA Kings 5.8, Vancouver 5.4, Ottawa 4.5, uh, the Coyotes 3.1. But don't forget, the Coyotes do not have their first round pick this year as a result of NHL sanctions for them kind of cheating and getting illegal, um, what's it called, player workouts. And um, like I don't know what the hell the word is I'm looking for, but yeah, player workouts. Chicago Blackhawks, 2.7, Calgary Flames, 2.2, the Flyers, 1.8, the Stars, 1.4, and the Rangers at 1% exactly. And
0: I think it's interesting because I'm on TSN right now, and... Uh, It's got two little asterisks by Arizona's pick and the asterisks read NHL announced forfeiture of Arizona Coyotes first round pick in 2021 NHL draft and sanctions announced August 26, 2020. Arizona being selected in either lottery draw will result in a redraw, which I think is pretty interesting. I don't even get why they have a percentage in the lottery odds if it's just going to result in a redraw anyways.
1: Yeah, I have the same exact thinking, like just use the previous if you want to keep these stupid percentages that I talked about before and hate, just use the percentages from last year. It's it's the same amount of teams, uh, without Arizona being in the mix for this. So I, I just it would be easier that way. I just kinda of hope that Arizona does end up getting it and they gotta because 'cause it'd be funny. And we show it on TV too. So yeah. Yeah.
0: It would be awesome actually. Um, Chase, let's talk about some of these teams. So Buffalo obviously being number one. That's not a big surprise because we know how bad they've been. Uh New Jersey coming in four, tied really for third with the Seattle Kraken. Um I think my biggest shock honestly is Detroit being 6th. I know Detroit was a little bit better this year, but I didn't really see them being better than the Blue Jackets and even Anaheim Ducks, but apparently Anaheim and the Blue Jackets went on huge skids toward the end of the season. Uh Detroit's done a little better. I that's unfortunate, though, because Detroit's a team that had the number one lottery odds, what, the past two years and dropped a yeah. four both
1: times. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, it sucks. It, it really does You know, suck if they lost in the lottery both those times. But this is a year, uh, you know, it, it really does not matter that much. Pick. Sure, you want to pick first overall so you can make sure you get your guy. But there's a very good chance whoever's picking second, third, and fourth overall has a completely different number one player. Uh, th- this is a draft class that is super close. There's a lot of guys that, you know, you could consider number one or someone else can consider them number 14. Uh, there's people that think that, you know, yes, we're well set. The goalie should be number one. There's people that think that Owen Power should be number one. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of on, on the Brant Clark train a little bit. Uh, I've, you know, maybe even, even Matt Beaners, too. So th- there's just there's just so many options here in this draft that even if you don't get the first overall pick, I mean, there's still a good chance you're getting one of your top two or three guys.
0: And Chase, with that being said, I think there still is a difference from picking, I don't know, say one through six, and then picking 10 through 16. You might still have a guy that drops there, but you have a much better chance at getting the guy that you see as number one if you're higher up. So when we look at teams 10 through 16, what team in that range right there? Is the one you would least like to see win the lottery?
1: I mean, I'd probably have to say the Calgary Flames, to be honest. I, it's that just talent has just gone there, just to go to waste the last few years. Really, uh, I, I don't want to see them move up. I don't want to see them get one of these, you know, you know, good players and just kind of waste more talent. Uh, and, you know, at the same time, the Rangers are a team in that boat, too, because do they really need more help? They're in a pretty damn good spot and have a good uh, prospect pool. So those are really probably the two teams, I would say.
0: Yeah, I would say the Rangers as well. They've been spoiled with their last two drafts, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and a lot of other players they brought in in prior drafts and signings and everything. So I definitely don't want to see the Rangers there. Um I think Ottawa would be fine to go up, but at the same time, they've had so many high picks too. I don't really want to see them there, but yeah, I would think the Rangers are the number one team right now that I want to just absolutely avoid. Um, would you be happy if the lottery ended how it looks right now with the Sabres at one Anaheim at two?
1: You know, it, it, it'd be fine. I, you know, I wouldn't really feel either other way about it. I want Seattle to get the first overall pick. I mean, I don't remember the last time that expansion teams had the first overall pick. I mean, I don't. Even, I think Columbus was the last expansion team to have first overall pick and one of the few before him because it doesn't always happen that way. But, like, why not? Just, just let them get their crack at whoever they want, see how, how they've been working. You know, they've been operating as a scouting staff before they've officially been a team, you know, for a year, year and a half, two years even now. So let's uh, see if they did their proper homework. Uh, you know, let, let them get their first overall pick. I mean, not don't just let them, but, you know, if, if they get it, that's great, and we can just kind of see what they're made of. I would love to see that,
0: but knowing how the NHL 21 sim works, that's never going to happen because whenever I do expansions in that game, I always drop down to the sixth pick. So that's always super
1: cool. Yeah, it's garbage.
0: (laughs) But that's going to do it for our lottery coverage, Chase. We are going to move to hockey name of the day. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here real quick. But before I scroll down, did we mention that this is going to be held June 2nd? I don't remember if we did. I feel like we didn't, but it will be held June 2nd. There we go. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Hockey name of the day. Oh, this is a long one. We've got Kenneth gold Golbranson. Kenneth Gold Golbranson. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean it's pretty good pretty good uh, Kenneth Pablo artdo goldbrandson you gotta you gotta pronounce the d gotta a little get more, not, not, gold, more. Gold, goldbrandson you okay. know as like you're saying there you know gold goldbrandson because yeah, I just developed uh, a lisp somehow yeah gotcha. you did you did uh, so uh, our boy Kenneth is from Norway actually so I didn't know Kenneth was a norwegian name but here we are um you know you can always spot a norwegian name if, if it's got three words in it. it it's pretty common that, that their names are like that um don't necessarily know why it just, you know, it be what it be. But kind of as a 19-year-old Norwegian, uh, he played a little bit in the Swedish League this year, played three games in the SHL, uh, played in the U-20s too, and then moved over to Norway uh, halfway through the season. He re-signed in the Norwegian League for next year. Uh, you know, he's a pretty, like, decent player, actually. He should be a staple for the Norwegian national team for quite a few years. Uh, you know, he's someone that, you know, if he continues to develop, maybe he can make his way over to North America in, in some fashion, you know, because he actually is a solid player. Uh, but he's more likely to, to kind of, you know, float around in those Scandinavian leagues. Uh, you know, maybe he can move on to the KHL at some point, but he does have some ability. He's played internationally for Norway before, and I would imagine that he plays for the U-20 team. Um, if, if Actually, no, actually, no, he can't. This last year was his last eligibility to take that back, uh, and they had to cancel the, the uh, Division One A's and everything below that so he will not be able to play for the U20 team at any point but for the world championships uh, you know, in future years and stuff, imagine him being a staple of the team.
0: And Chase, you mentioned in a couple episodes ago, maybe it was last episode, I don't know, I'm kind of blanking that when it comes to European players, usually they have that big jump around 22, 23 maybe 24 and that's when you see them start getting interest from NHL teams if they did happen to go undrafted and unsigned in their earlier years, so who knows, maybe 3-4 years down the line we see KPG in the NHL.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, that'd be pretty cool. We want to get as many hockey name of the day alumni in, in the league as we can. Um, I'm not just going to pick guys that are close to the NHL for that reason. We want, we want to pick fun, interesting names, names that, you know, I like for whatever reason or long names just, just to try to try to get Mike, you know, kind of tested, you know, uh, but it, it, it would definitely be cool to see him, uh, you know, get to that level. He's, Still got some time to develop. He should get some good playing time in the Norwegian League. You know, that could help him a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, well, I'm calling him KPG from now on, so there's going to be no more mess-ups from me when it comes to this guy's name. But that's going to do it for the show. Chase, why don't you hit him with an outro, and then we can go
1: get some Doba. Sounds good. All right, as always, want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, we know we'd really appreciate it. Nothing required, but just a way to sh- you know show the network and us some extra support and get some extra content. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at hockeypodnet. That's at hockeypodnet. And while you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod at the Bulls Broadcast. You can get your Tampa Bay Lightning and Hockey Talk, the Hockey Podcast Network. You're gonna get you know updates on uh, shows in the network, some some giveaways. You know, there's a lot of giveaways going on right now, so make sure to get in on those. Then you go to WNP, you know, a little bit of a break, but we're, we're going to be picking back up here sometime in the near future and we'll, we'll have some football stuff, might have some hockey stuff, might have some cricket stuff, might have some basket and stuff. Who knows? Uh, who knows what's in the future? Uh, but regardless, check out the network.com, Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo, listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. and Don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.